Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. Today's topic, cattle mutilations and missing people. Now, for the sake of this podcast, I'm just pointing out some similarities that I've observed between cattle mutilations and missing people. Specifically, I would like to talk about just the cattle mutilations and missing people cases that take place on or near our national parks or federally owned lands. And this is not a scientific study, but just more or less a casual observation that I think deserves more research and discussion. And I see three primary correlations between the cattle mutilation phenomena and the missing people phenomena that happens in these national parks that Dave Politis has talked about so much. First thing is there's nearly a complete lack of evidence in either crime. There doesn't seem to be... Um, anything at the crime scene, there doesn't seem to be a motive, the crimes just happen, whether it's the mutilated cap cattle that uh, turn up, or whether it's the people that just completely disappear, or sometimes they're found uh, strangely miles up the side of a mountain. Number two, the victim's bodies almost appear to be staged, or unnaturally located. And for instance, with the cattle you see the cattle's carcass just lying there in the dirt. Uh, no sign of a struggle. You would think that if there was some sort of a violent struggle, there would be tracks, at least the cow's tracks, where they, you know, moved about or struggled uh, if they were under attack from prey. Or even if they got sick, you would expect there to be some sort of thrashing about. But it's almost as if they're just posed there, just laid flat out on the dirt with absolutely no tracks, no no blood at the scene, nothing. And we find the same thing with a lot of the missing uh, person cases. If you've l listened to uh, any of uh, David Polite's stuff, um, the people are frequently just walking along in a group, maybe at the back end of the group, and uh, suddenly someone turns around and realizes that they're missing. And there's just no evidence left. Once in a while they'll find a piece of clothing or something. But no DNA evidence, uh, no eyewitness testimony, no screams, uh, just nothing, just disappearing off the face of the earth. And sometimes when they find these people, uh, like we pointed out, they'll find them clear up the side of the mountain. They find little kids 10, 12 miles uphill, climbing at, you know, just impossibly steep grades. Often if they're found alive or dead, um, no, no marks on their feet from taking this journey. So it's a total lack of evidence. And so when they're finding the body, they're finding the body there oftentimes without shoes. It's almost as if it's just been placed there. So you have you have this phenomena in both cases. And specifically we're talking about cases that took place on federal lands. And it seems as though whether it's the with the cattle or with the people, when they find the bodies, it's almost as if the bodies have been staged. It's something you know that a serial killer would do. Now... Uh, the third thing that I see that happens so commonly with these cases is how authority figures and uh, mainline media go out of their way to not only delegitimize uh, independent investigation, but to impede it as well. And the, the first thing you frequently hear of these cases, somebody, some curious person will leave a comment online or say something to the effect of, well, maybe it's aliens. And the authority figures will just take that and run with it. And we saw this with the recent cases in Oregon. And 
it seemed like the law enforcement out there went out of their way to lump in the possibility of the UFO phenomenon being related to being related to the um, the the ritualistic uh, mutilation and death of the five uh, Hereford bulls out there. They went out of their way to just kind of um, laugh off the notion that uh, the UFO phenomena could somehow be involved in that crime scene. Keeping in mind, those five bulls were found dead in their tracks, with no tracks, no disturbance whatsoever, out in this remote area. Now, they weren't on federal land, but they were right next to a massive track of federal land. And it seemed like the law enforcement figures out there, every time they were interviewed, they would lump in the notion of the UFO phenomena you know, being involved with this. They'd lump it in with with just uh, crazy things. They would say things like, well, maybe it was that or Bigfoot, or, um, you know, they would make up some imaginary monster. So there was almost like an effort to delegitimize the possibility that the UFO phenomena could have been involved with this um, phenomenon of cattle mutilation, even though there was no blood left at the scene, and there was no explanation of how that blood could disappear. Now, you know, we've covered this in a previous podcast. If you'll go back and listen to the, I think, I think it was entitled, Not One Drop of Blood. And I talk about the, just the sheer numbers of gallons of blood that were involved when you um, kill a 1,000 or 1,500-pound bull, how much blood's involved, and why it was so strange that there couldn't have been a single drop of blood at that crime scene. And we see the same sort of thing with the missing person cases um, that have gone on in the national parks. And David Plytus has talked about how they wanted to charge him, I don't know, a million dollars or something, just for the information related to these missing people. I mean, not only uh, do they come out and uh, try to debunk or mock anybody who questions how these folks disappeared, but they really seem to go out of their way to impede independent investigation. And they do it in just some of the nastiest ways, it seems like, as far as just refusing to give the public information that could be so easily shared. Just simple stuff like where the person disappeared. Just simple stuff like like uh, documents from the crime investigation. They won't even keep track of this stuff. As David Pilates has pointed out, they could simply enter this on a uh, Excel spreadsheet and put it online. It wouldn't be hard at all to do, but they refuse to do it. It's as if they're trying to impede the investigation, any kind of investigation. Meanwhile, these people remain missing for years and years and years, and there's nothing being done, as far as the public knows, to find them. Just like with the cattle mutilations, the, the recent one in Oregon, it's been two months now. And uh, from everything I've read, they're not any closer to discovering how these cattle were killed, mutilated, why they were killed, mutilated, and they certainly haven't figured out where all the blood went. Now, I did find some interesting articles written on this, and over at topsecretwriters.com, in reference to David Polite's work on missing people in the national parks, they say, quote, a number of missing person cases grouped together in 35 clusters in and around wilderness areas, particularly national parks, defy conventional explanations. Many of them involve young children or teenagers who simply vanish without a trace. 
A few have been found hours later, many miles away, at such a distance over rugged country that it would not be reasonable for them to have gotten there in the time allotted. Some are missing clothing and have horrible scratches on their bodies. All seem to lack memory of what exactly happened to them. Now, getting back to the cattle mutilations, there seems to be a long history of cattle mutilations taking place on government land. And from the deseret.com, the, the desert.com, this is from back in April of 1996, and it points to this trend. For 50 years, Bicknell Rancher Bliss Bicknerhoff has had a cattle operation in Wayne and Garfield counties where his animals graze on public lands. During most of the most of the years, his ranching was pretty routine. Then in 1989, Bicknerhoff found two cows that had been mutilated and killed on the range. Again, three years later, three more animals died under similar circumstances. Now he has found two cows killed and mysteriously mutilated. Bicknerhoff, Bicknerhoff rather, reported to authorities that the animals were recently found by his son David, who was also involved in the livestock operation. They run their cattle during winter months on Bureau of Land Management administrated public lands in eastern Garfield County, west of the Henry Mountains and north of Lake Powell. One mutilated cow was found about 10 miles northwest of Tickaboo and another 15 miles southwest of Star Springs. Brinkerhoff said Tickaboo is near the Bullfrog Basin of Lake Powell and the Star Springs are near the south end of the Henry Mountains. Brinkerhoff told authorities that there were no signs of the animals struggling. There was no blood and entrails had been removed, he said. I want to stop there for just a second. This happened back in 1996, remember? And what are we seeing again? The same commonalities. But specifically, he says, there was no blood. Now, we're not talking about a small animal. We're talking about a cow that might weigh 800 pounds, 1,000 pounds, maybe 1,500 pounds. So we're talking about gallons of blood. You could fill up a couple of five-gallon buckets. There's literally that much blood involved. And you have to ask yourself, where did it all go? So he's finding these bodies without the blood. Like I said, they're staged. Adding to the mystery, the younger Brinkerhoff could not find any tracks near the animals. He said there was no evidence of tracks from either vehicles, humans, horses, or cattle. Now that's something that we saw happen just recently in Oregon. This is a common thing. Also a common thing among these missing person cases in the national parks. There's no tracks. The people just disappear. They bring in dogs, can't track them. Garfield County Deputy Sheriff Monty Luker of Escalani is investigating the cattle mutilations, but an officer at the Sheriff's Office in Panguitch reported there has been no conclusion as to how the animals were killed. As these two counts point out, whether with cattle or people, the crime scenes leave far more questions than answers. And that's what we have to remember. Mutilated cattle are found dead in their tracks without a drop of blood to be seen, and missing dead victims from the National Park disappearances are found miles away at impossibly steep locations without shoes, 
but having their feet shown no signs of injury from the journey. And if they're lucky enough to be found alive, victims are often confused and have no memory of what happened. Now finally, official investigators seem to go out of their way to mock the curious, who simply ask questions. The following is a typical response by law enforcement to the crime of cattle mutilations, and our source here is hbo-tv.com. It says the Hannibal TV lead reporter, Devin Hannibal Nicholson, discusses the mysterious killing and mutations of five young bulls worth about $7,000 each, found at Sylvie's Valley Ranch in Oregon. Within a 24-hour period on July 30th to 31st, 2019, with state police and U.S. Forest Service investigations still having no leads regarding to who perpetrated the crimes over two months later, Authorities have ruled out poisoning. Okay, remember this when this first came out? I want to take you back to at Sylvie's County Ranch where we had the five bulls that were mutilated and found dead in Oregon. And remember one of the first things they said, well, it could be poison. The, the, the debunkers came out of the woodwork to tell us that it was probably just poison. I even read one account where the sheriff said that they were investigating whether maybe they were shot with a poison dart. Really? Well, here we are two months later. It wasn't poison. They've ruled that out. Authorities have ruled out poisoning and predators. Okay, no predators. That's all we heard for the first month. Oh, it was all that mutilation was done by predators. No, no, apparently not. They've ruled out predators. Authorities have ruled out poisoning and predators. And the deaths as the cuts that were made were very precise with no claw or teeth-type marks in the animals, and the blood drained. Law enforcement suspects the bulls were killed likely by humans. Hmm. But they don't tell us, they don't give us any reason why it would be humans. They don't tell us how. Must be pretty special humans. However, there was not a trace of bullets or struggle According to Northwest Public Broadcasting, who took pictures in the video, aliens have not been ruled out. Well, you got that there where they just throw the alien bit in. It's kind of a little mocking. But you know, it makes just as much sense to me as to say some human was capable of doing this. They haven't explained where the gallons and gallons of blood went. They haven't explained why there are no tracks. But you see, all this stuff was put out there. All these false leads were put out there. A lot of them, sadly to say, by authorities. That you read, you could read this in the paper, where they were they were doing all this speculation in the first few days after the mutilations were discovered, and now two months later, it's all coming out. Nope, wasn't that been ruled out? Nope, wasn't that been ruled out? But they still won't admit that they just don't know. They still have to try to pin the blame on these homicidal cow tippers, as I like to call them. These fictional people who are out there roaming around on these federal lands in the middle of the night looking to mutilate cattle. Now, from the mysteriousuniverse.org, we go back and learn a little bit here about what's going on with how they handle information on missing people and some changes that the National Park System's uh, proposing to make. And believe me, they're not good changes if you're an investigator. It says, 
from the information on missing persons cases in national parks is likely to get even harder than it is now. That's me speaking. Now, you can go here to mysteriousuniverse.org. I have a link on my blog, ufowarning.blogspot.com. And the article says, A recent proposal made by the Interior Department could potentially make it more difficult to request and obtain public records in a move some transparency advocates are calling a potential violation of the Freedom of Information Act. David Politis, author of a number of books on people who have vanished in national parks, tweeted about the proposed changes. And he says, For nine years I have explained how the DOI, that's Department of Interior, demanded $1.4 million for a list of missing people from our parks, Polites wrote. They have abused, ignored, and now want to change FOIA. They want to change the FOIA, he says. Now, they weren't giving Mr. Polites much information before. And as he says, they tried to tell him it would cost him $1.4 million for a list of the missing people. So they're basically just blowing him off on his four-year request. I mean, I think you can say that. But that's not even good enough for him. Now they want to change the law so they can just, I guess, tell him to shove off and not have to worry about him complaining anymore. The National Park Service is not what the public perceives and is fed via advertising, Politis says. Well, you can say that again. The National Park System appears to be, at least in my opinion, like all of these federal agencies. It's almost as if they are autonomous agencies. They go on their own. They don't really seem to care a lick about who the president is. Although most of them have very left-leaning viewpoints. And I wouldn't even call them liberal. I would just call them left-leaning, almost like a socialist, communist type of uh, philosophy that they seem to propagate. And if you've ever done research on these bureaucracies, you understand uh, the kind of money that a federal employee makes. I think a couple years ago I read it was around over $100,000 a year on average, plus all their benefits. So they live in a world unto themselves. Your average factory worker is making 15 20 bucks an hour with little to no benefits. And these guys are making three times that much with gold-plated benefits. So they live in the White Tower. And it almost seems like it's gotten to the point where if an independent investigator like David Politis wants to come along and he questions their authority or asks them for information that they're legally obligated to give him, uh, he might as well be asking some of Stalin's cohorts. I hate to put it that way, but it's the truth. They, they operate as a law unto themselves, and they're showing this again. Now it says, in his books, Plotius has discussed the exorbitant fees the National Park Service requested from him in the past, in response to requests for details on people who have vanished on U.S. federal land. According to an AP report, the changes for 2019 proposed by the Interior would affect wording authorizing staff to reject records, request they deem unreasonably burdensome and impose monthly limits on the numbers of four-year requests that can be filed by an individual. The proposal would also replace the phrase time limit in the agency's FOIA regulations with the term time frame. 
a subtle change critics worry might allow staff to treat FOIA's legally required time limits as mere guidelines. So you can see what's happening here. These government agencies are not becoming more transparent. I mean, you can turn on the television and see that many of these agencies appear to be in open rebellion against the guy that's become president. Love him or hate him, he's a president, but you have his own employees testifying against him in an impeachment trial where they can't even seem to get their story straight. And it seems like they have the same disdain they have for the president. They have that same disdain for the public. Because over and over and over again, throughout, throughout administrations, it seems as though people are being denied access to just plain, simple information that should be readily available. We talk about a breakaway civilization. It seems like what we do have is a breakaway bureaucracy that's populated by people who make a lot more money on average than people outside of that bureaucracy, people that have access to information that the rest of us don't have access to, and people that populate that bureaucracy that really do seem to have a disdain for the public. I mean, why else would you ask someone like Dave Politis for $1.4 million in order to give him a list that should be at your fingertips? I'll close by saying this. If we can't even get transparency when it comes to the crimes of cattle mutilation or of disappearing people in national parks, but instead we face ridicule and outright opposition in response to any independent investigation or even curiosity, considering that it seems ridiculous to me to expect UFO disclosure from those same actors. Now I want you to think about this. Now some people probably think comparing cattle mutilations to missing people in their national parks is a stretch. But I want you to listen to the podcast and think about what I've talked about here. You have real crimes that have been committed. Real crimes that cannot be explained. And when people begin to ask questions and do independent investigation they end up with nothing but discouragement and impediment from the very authorities that claim to be trying to solve those crimes. And that is the opposite of disclosure. That is the opposite of transparency. And as I've said a thousand times, if we're ever going to get disclosure on the UFO subject, it's not going to come from the authorities or from the government. It's going to come from the ground up. Until next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out.